Welcome to episode four of Half Measures with me, Paul Canera, and my co-host, Dan Whiting. Kia ora. We are going to bring to you uh, the Oscars. Um, we're spelling it with a K so we don't get in trouble. Um, so it's the Oscars with a K. Uh, the Half Measures Oscars because we looked at some of the winners and uh, we think we could have done a better job than than the Academy, I think. Am I right? Look, I think there's going to come a time in the Half Measures podcast, I guess, life cycle, where we will be hosting our own awards ceremony. There will be, there'll be a lot of celebrities turning up. I will be handing out certificates made in, what, Microsoft Word? Certificates? <laughs> wow. There's, there's no trophies. There's Amazing. no trophies. But they'll be laminated. Colour? No. Double-sided. Okay. So they have to share them. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. So yeah, so um, we've got 10, os- 10 Oscars for Half Measures Oscars we're going to hand out today, and then I think we may follow up where possible by actually sending them to yeah, the, maybe. The, the people if possible. Well, we've actually got more than that because we've got our own, our own list, don't we? Oh, we do indeed. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, so we're going to, we've, we've both prepared our 10 picks for the 10 categories that we, we spent a lot of time thinking mm, about. Mm. There was no Half Measures on that. Um, but before we get into the Half Measures Oscars, uh, Dan... What have you been watching? Tell me, what should I be watching? Well, what I've been watching, it's a bit of a mess, to be honest. I'm, I'm re-watching a lot of things. And um, actually, to be honest with you, just about all of them are re-watches when I look at this list. Okay. So, and it's, it's a hectic list, so bear with me for a moment. I'm re-watching Clone Wars from the beginning. Brilliant. And basically, even though episode the first episode of season seven's already dropped, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to come in, come in fresh. I started this way too late. So... Yeah. Hopefully by the time season seven is finished, I should be sailing right on in. Um, I am. I randomly started rewatching Vikings from the beginning because oh, again, yeah. I I haven't seen season six and I I kind of felt like I've forgotten a lot about it. I've just finished season one. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Had someone stay over the weekend who'd never seen Jack Ryan. Watched the whole of season one of Jack Ryan with them. Oh, which, which was a great rewatch. I and love season one. Look, and that was in our um, top. My top 10 of 2019 of Jack, some Jack Ryan. It, it was in the list. It was in, in the, the list. list. It was yeah, in it was there somewhere. So look, that was a really um, fun rewatch. I've um, just recently rewatched the Joker. Sorry, Joker. Um, and I also, the one new thing I've actually seen is Parasite. It, okay. It, again, really good movies. So not a lot of new content, but a lot of rewatching. Probably okay. not highly efficient use of my time. That doesn't sound like you. No, nah, half measure. No. What about you? Uh, so, a couple of shows have started, which I've been looking forward to, um, Hunters oh, on yes. Amazon Prime. Uh, the, so, uh, you started it? Yeah, first uh, three episodes in now, I think, um, and really strong show, mm. really strong start. The first scene, uh, I think you'll know straight away if this is for me or if it's not for, if it's not for me, that sort of thing. I'm also going to come out, go on a limb here and say straight away, and I want this to be a future podcast one day for us. Because uh, we, we've mentioned this once before when we did our top 10 TV. I think Hunters could be contender for best opening credits. Oh, interesting. I, I keep interesting. changing my mind on every time I watch a new show, but this has got a really clever um, opening credit scene. Interesting, because when we rewatched um, uh, Jack Ryan in the weekend, I basically played the trailer um, of Hunters. Jack Ryan and Men in the High Castle, and, okay. the, and the the choice was Jack Ryan. Right. Um, that was sort of made. But I was really three good shows. I was really looking forward to Hunters, but the collective decision was no. That's more of a, a Dan show. I don't need to see that. So I'm going to have to watch that on my own somewhere in between all this rewatching. But maybe we could do a a, a Hunters kind of season it. review. It's it's really it's really well done. I don't want to let's not give away spoilers at this point. But yeah, really strong strong cast and some shocking scenes. Uh, so yes, I've been watching uh, Hunters uh, Narcos Mexico. Oh, yeah. um, that's come back, so that's been been really good. The the one disappointment so far, we're only a few episodes in, is that we're not seeing the backstory to some of the cops. We're not engaging with their their family, their personal lives, right. and so you can't make that connection that you could with with Pedro Pascal and, mm-hmm. and the other characters in the first season. But um, no, that's been real good. Uh, what else have I been watching? Um, Comedies have been real big in the house, so Shit's Creek is um, pretty much our go-to every time we, we want to watch something funny. Um, and uh, there's so many more seasons of that to watch, so that's been fantastic. Um, I would put that in my top ten comedies at the moment. It's really strong. That's pretty much it. I haven't seen it. Oh, and I, I, 
I'm not going to talk about it, but I have watched a movie recently which features in our Oscar list today. So okay, okay, oh, good. All right. We'll get to that. Speaking of the comedies, we've both started watching uh, the new new season of Walking Dead. Well, the return of Walking Dead, I should say. Speaking of comedies, right? Speaking of comedies. I thought you could say tragedies or horrors. Horrors, disasters, train wrecks, burning, yeah. garbage. I came to work so angry uh, earlier today, I couldn't cope. Look, I think Walking Dead's a whole other, I think, um, thing for us to get into at some point. It's 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 too raw for me right now to talk about. Yeah. But so anyway. we're not we're not going to talk about Carol, no. I don't want to set you off. I feel like no, I can't even talk about. It. I was going to say I feel like I'm Carol screaming into the into the Walking Dead universe, but yeah. it's pointless. Okay. Anyway, enough, enough of the. I can't do it. I can't do it. I see the emotion in your eyes. Should we get into the Half Measures Oscars? Let's do it. Let's do it. So where are we going to start today, Paul? So we've got, yes, yeah, so as I said, we've got 10 car- categories. I think, we sh- I think we should count down and save, like, the best director, best movie towards the end, because they're, like, the big ones, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, that sounds good. So I guess what we can say is we've got best director, best picture, best actress, best, best actor, best supporting actress, mm. best supporting actor, best original music score. Now we sound professional. And then the last couple we've got, I really like, uh, this is one you came up with, best movie that's probably good, but we haven't actually watched yet. Uh, most overhyped, and then surprise hit. Mm, mm. So, Some good categories. I think it'll be interesting, uh, much like our uh, top TV shows of 2019, to see how in sync we are. That's and right. How we've just sort of jostled it out. Hopefully there's some connections in there somewhere along the way. There's a lot of prep gone into this, I can tell, because we've got the order that we want to do these in already worked out. We're not doing it on the fly at all, are we? Definitely not. Like in the small amount of, well, in the in the weeks of prep that I've done for this, mm. it, it was difficult. It, there were some categories which I really struggled, like some I really struggled to choose, and then other categories I actually struggled to find something I actually thought was... Worthy. Worthy. Yeah. But I think we can kind of get into that as we start to talk about each category, but... No, I can we just jump into it. Okay. Well, let's start with the most professional-sounding one, the, the best original music score. Oh, okay, okay. Do you want me to go first? You go, you go. All right, so for me, um, I actually, when searching for this category, went back and, and sort of replayed a few, a few, um, a bit of the score from different movies. And my best score, I think, of for the Half Measures Oscar for me goes to The Joker. Okay. I thought like a fantastic soundtrack, um, having again like this is probably a bit of a recency effect, but everything felt perfectly in sync with the tone and the era that they went for, and re-listening to the soundtrack brought back all of those Joker memories. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So you're in line with the Academy Award choice. Uh, uh, I'm in line. Okay. I'm in sync. I I went for one which was. Uh, nominated for the Academy Award but didn't win and um, this is the only um, category where this movie will feature and that is the John Williams theme for The Rise of Skywalker Mm. simply because and I know it's an obvious choice for me to go to um, and this is partly because maybe I haven't seen as many movies as I need to and some the other thing is, this is where the research is. Hold born. on a minute. You're doing half. You're doing the half measures Oscars, and you haven't seen all the movies. No, I've seen them. I just mean I haven't seen enough. But the other half measure is yet, I can't yet, remember. Uh, I, yeah. I know I love Joker, and Joker I, I will talk about, it, but um, I can't specifically like you know remember yeah, the yeah. music. I just remember it being awesome. Um, and I guess because I purchased the the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack, and I've listened to it a few times, it's mm. really resonated with me because it really ties together. Um, in ways that maybe the script and the movie didn't, as per our episode two podcast, um, doesn't always bring those trilogies together. Mm. I felt the music did a really good job of bringing the trilogies together um, across different themes. Uh, we talked about it in our review about how the main Star Wars fanfare gets played during the movie for mm. the first time ever when all the ships turn up. Um, the the Emperor Palpatine Sidious theme that we haven't really heard since Return of the Jedi, mm. that came back in real strong and was really effective. Um, so look, it's a real easy go-to choice for me, but for, for me it was just... Look, I, a, I think it's a solid choice. I think that um, John Williams adds the goal, to, like, regardless of the, the different um, other aspects which you might agree with or disagree with on that film. Yeah. John Williams always brings the quality. So, he does. I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong. I mean, a couple of others that I did consider were uh, the 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right. uh, just the general. But again, that was rather than uh, original score, that was actually just the, the mm-hmm. soundtrack um, was, was, was quite good. And also, I even considered uh, Toy Story. Oh, right. I really enjoyed um, some of the music and some of the new songs um, in that. But there we go. Nice, nice. So, two winners. Congratulations. Congratulations. I imagine. That, uh, they're pretty yeah. stoked. Do you think... They'll need to update any Blu-ray cover art to say that they've got some new awards. Or... I think so, and I think they want to make sure their Wikipedia page is updated to reflect this. Definitely, perfect. We should the get that updated. Media will be going through the roof. Mm. Um, shall we go into best supporting actress? Ooh, yeah, let's do that. So this is probably where uh, I kind of struggled with with two components of this. One, you can <laughs> you give me the look like what the hell is he going to say? Yeah. So the first thing is, I kind of like, I went down a bit of a wormhole of lead actress versus supporting actress, and actually, is what's the real defining... Like, yes, I had a similar... Yeah, dilemma. yeah, and, and obviously in some films it's really obvious, and others it's a little bit grey. Um, but I, I... I'm jumping a little bit here, but I, I found it easy to choose my best actress, um, but I found it difficult, and and I... I say this with love. I just, I really struggled to find a really standout um, actress. I had to go deep into movies that came out last year to okay. really be like, yep, this is the one for me. So um, this is a bit of a wild card for me, but I'm actually going to go with Halle Berry in John Wick 3. Okay, I haven't seen John Wick 3. So, so um, without sort of too many, it's not really a spoiler, she basically plays like a, a John Wick type character fits in perfectly with him, beautifully choreographed scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think she did an amazing job. Okay. And someone who, when, when I actually think back about the movies that I enjoyed the most, a character that stood out for me. Halle Berry, take the award. Interesting choice. I feel mm-hmm. like we, we're missing that moment where we say, and the Half Measures Oscars goes to, yeah, that's right. to maybe, keep the tension for the listener. That's true, that's true, that's true. Because <laughs> I imagine it's pretty tense for them listening. Look, you, you know as well as I do, Paul, we've got listeners all over the world. That's right. Especially a, a welcome to our new listeners in Italy. And the UK. And the UK, yeah. I love tracking who's listening. It's, it's, it's fascinating um, that they've got nothing better to do with their lives than to listen to us. It's amazing, right? Um, look, I was already going to watch John Wick 3 because I love the first two movies, so now I've got another reason. Um, so, yeah, interesting choice. And look, the, the dilemma you went through... Everything you were saying at the start that I could relate to in terms of, you know, what's the difference between actress and supporting actress. Mm. And then for me, uh, I thought, I wonder if they actually have a, a set amount of time that a person or a character has to be in a movie to to qualify for the word supporting. I think you're right. And I think there's a few of the, like when you look at who won the, the Oscars this year, a few of those movies I just haven't seen. Yeah, so I wonder agreed. whether, um, I've heard like Little Woman's supposed to be amazing, mm. Judy's supposed to be amazing. Um that bombshell supposed to be really good. So Agreed, yeah. if I'd seen some of those movies, I might have had a, a different yeah. take on it, but I was purely going on what I've seen. So that's what you can do. Right? You can only go what measure. you know. It is, yeah. It's a real half measure. I feel like some podcasts may be professional enough to watch a whole bunch of movies. Who's got that type of time? And it, yeah, they probably get paid for it. Imagine that. You're not getting paid? I haven't received any money as yet. Oh, that's all coming to me. Don't worry about can it. Can we talk about that off air? We'll, we'll do it in post. So my half measure's Oscar for Best Supporting Actress goes to Kathy Bates. Uh, for her role in The High Women. Um, so The High Women, this is the story of the two uh, Texas Rangers that hunt down the mm. notorious criminal ne- jury. Netflix original. Bonnie and Clyde, yeah, so really accessible, um, hence one of the reasons why I was able to watch it. Um, and she plays Ma Ferguson, uh, the Texas governor, um, who essentially appoints Kevin Costner's character to go and hunt down Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, have you seen this movie? I have, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, so that's actually, you know, just before we get into Kathy, uh, that's another thing. I really felt that this movie is a lot better than the reviews indicate mm. um, because for each movie I sort of did a little bit of research on and looked at the score that the critics and the Rotten Tomatoes. I was really surprised how sort of low it was and I thought this was a, a, a really strong movie. Um, Kathy Bates has always been a, a real favourite actress of mine. I've really always enjoyed her. I haven't seen much of her of late and I felt actually that she actually wasn't in this movie enough for me. I wish they found a way to make mm-hmm. her supporting role even more than it was. But every time she was on the screen, I felt that she really stole the scene. Um, she has some really uh, great lines that she delivers really, really well. She probably deserves a movie all by herself. Um, 
And I found out, um, doing a bit of research behind the scenes, that the director of the movie actually cast her for the role back in 2009 when she was filming uh, the the 2009 movie with Sandra Bullock, what's it called? Um, uh, Blindside. Oh, right. Which okay. is another right. great movie. Uh, and he basically said to her, like, you have to play Mav Ferguson. She was like, who the hell's that? And when he told her, she signed up straight away. But um, she just... I, I love westerns. I love those brash Texas types characters where... Well, maybe I wouldn't if I met them in real life, but I like them on screen. And mm. Kathy just nails this role in a sort of a... I can't imagine anyone else playing her character. I, I, I think this is, a, this is a great call out. Like, Kathy Bates is such a, a superstar in so many... Um, I think about her in American Horror Story, in The Office. Like, she's such a great yep. presence whenever she comes on screen yep. that you know, when you think about um, supporting actress, like, just commands the whole... Uh, like a, I think great choice, great choice. And I think to your point, like it's a movie that I think didn't get reviewed that well, and I think probably people had mixed expectations about what it was going to be about, yeah. whether it was going to be about, and because they took quite a heavy angle on the law enforcement part as opposed to Bonnie and Clyde. Exactly which I right. A, that's what I liked about it. Yeah, that's respects. right. I agree. And of course, Misery was the standout for her. Congratulations, Kathy. Come on down. I I can imagine the tears in her eyes as she mm, she's that acceptance speech. Yep. She's got a, a, a double-sided certificate with um with Ali Berry. If you could just share that what week about. Yeah, so like a custody yeah. situation. Yeah, perfect. Do you want to give us your best supporting actor? Oh, okay. Let me um go to the envelope. Um, <clears throat> now again, like look, best supporting actor. I I even kind of struggled a bit with this category. I think I the supporting bit really really challenged me, but I'm actually gonna go with uh, Adam Driver for. Um, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Incredible. You know what? Like he's he's carried this whole saga, so he deserves. Let's not get into that. He deserves every credit that he's getting. Oh, he sure does. <clears throat> so no, I think um, I actually think, all jokes aside, I think Adam Driver did a, such a fantastic job um, across all three Star Wars movies, mm. and in particular the Rise of Skywalker. I think again, like every scene he's in, um, he's memorable. He's got that um, moody Sith vibe down pat. Yeah. And oh, I just he stood out for me as a as a. You could probably almost say he was a a lead actor as well. But I thought, yeah. You know, for me, I'm going to give him best supporting. It's my award. I'll give it to whoever I want. I love the fact that we haven't talked about this beforehand because uh, I, if if we had and you you'd indicated that I would have considered actresses like Daisy Ridley as well because I'm thinking oh she's kind of the lead just like mm, I would consider mm, Adam Driver mm. the lead but you know what I think good call really good call and whilst he hasn't carried the entire saga and we will talk about that offline uh, it's a tremendous performance and um, look he's really become a standout actor in a number of different movies now and he's working with some great directors and getting a lot of acclaim you know for look I'd, I'd almost watch a well, in fact I definitely would watch a you know give me a Kylo Ren standalone film I'd be interested oh yeah it'd be fantastic and I think you know Adam Driver would, would smash that role that's so, right yeah what about yourself um, for me um my half measure's best supporting actor goes to Joe Pesci uh, for his role in mm. The Irishman. So for me, um, one of the reasons why I feel he deserves this, and, and he was nominated and, and, didn't, and didn't win Brad Pitt one, uh, I felt it was just such a different type of performance for him. And I think that was really what um, surprised me because when I, I saw that he'd been cast alongside De Niro and Pacino mm-hmm. in a in a Martin Scorsese movie, I'm thinking Raging Bull, I'm thinking Casino, I'm thinking Goodfellas. Good fellas, All of the right. performances, you know how he's so loud and he's, and he's so angry and he's always angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so much emotion and so loud and just he's just got that. When you think of him, he's just so busy on the cap. But mm-hmm. in this movie, he's he's so quiet, he's so calm, he's measured. He's reserved. He's one of the bosses, and so for a, for a mafia movie, and for for a guy who's in his late seventies and who is essentially retired, like he's come out of retirement a couple of times now, mm-hmm. and I, I understand because I watched the the documentary. He got he said no like fifty times or something before he finally gave in. I just thought he came across really really well, and just he played that role that really um, linked up the, the characters really well, and just had a real calming influence on the screen which I didn't expect and mm. I really enjoyed for him because I think it almost would have been disappointing if he was coming in in his casino Goodfellas type role particularly at that age yeah that's right you I want to do something new right yeah and he just played it so well 
was, yeah. So I haven't watched The Irishman yet, which... So I should have given you a spoiler alert, right? No, look, I, no, I think it's it's one of those movies that I keep seeing on my Netflix, and I I know I want to watch it. Like, I'm a big Scorsese fan, love Goodfellas, love Casino, love all those types of movies, Departed, etc. Yeah. And I keep thinking to myself, have I got three hours free to watch this movie? Because I want to watch it all kind of at once. Yeah. And every time I think about watching it, I feel like I'm going to have to cut the movie in half. And I don't... At least half. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I want that experience. But I, it, it's on my list. And I... Look, I need to... I need to get it done. I've watched it twice already. I watched wow. it over Christmas. And I've watched it on the train over, like, four trains, I wow. think. Um, and just like you, it inspired me to then start thinking about the other Scorsese movies. And I just literally, this week, just watched The Departed. Oh, again. awesome. And awesome. I forgot how great that movie is. And how great the cast is. <clears throat> For the longest time, Goodfellas was one of my favourite movies yeah. of all time. Like, it's a movie I've probably seen know, probably about ten times yeah. over my life, and it's I just love everything about it. It's good. Great choice. Good choices. Okay. Uh, where are we going to go next, since we've planned this out? Maybe do we go down to something like um, Overhyped or... Sure. <clears throat> Look, I think my overhyped movie is going to be a little bit controversial. <laughs> the, I'm angry. For those of you who can't see me, I, 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 I'm already giving you the eyes. I, I wish there was a, a video camera in here. I think the most overhyped movie for me this this movie season is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped my phone on the table. And the reason I, I say that is... When I watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, I always know that I'm in for a bit of a journey. <clears throat> I always know that the, the the last act is going to be the scene that kind of normally ties it all together and it's going to be great. And what I found with this movie is... Slowly, slowly... The only reason raging. I haven't left the room is because I know what time the trains go this time of night and I'm not leaving. <laughs> is... Um, is basically... I felt like it was a movie that was fan service to... Um, the Hollywood era of celebrities and famous people, and uh, that was cool. Um, and it was kind of interesting about the um, the Manson side of of things. But I, I just, it, it didn't hook me. It didn't make me think I want to watch that again. In fact, somebody said to me recently, "Can we watch that?" And I was thinking, I I can't sit through that again. Right. Um, it just didn't have enough hooks for me in it. Um, and I think there's a million better uh, Tarantino movies for me. And I think. I say this not to discredit. I think there's some great performances in there, mm. um, and I think what the what the movie did do is it kind of made me actually do a little bit of research about who some of these characters were and some of the right. the, the background okay. of what happened. I I think for me, I just I think for the amount of hype it's getting, it doesn't quite stack up for me. Okay, I mean, obviously, all jokes aside, I did enjoy the movie. I I guess I didn't consider it hyped, and I guess the. What has happened is the number of nominations it's received mm. for Academy Awards, and that's where. So it's kind of like I thought, like it was actually quite a quiet release, and it came along, and it was just there, and you know the Blu-ray came out quietly, and then all of a sudden it became the the, the nomination season, mm. and then there were all these nominations for best picture, best director, best actor, best supporting, and so suddenly it got a lot of attention in that respect. Um, so so you know, I, I take your point there in, in terms of that type of hype. Um, and look, it's it's not the strongest Tarantino movie. You're absolutely right. I think too, and the just the other thing with like Leonardo DiCaprio's character, I feel like he's played that character in so many Tarantino movies that he needs to play a different role. And that right. like he's kind of always the like the antsy, hopped up, angry guy as well. Like he's he's, he's the Joe Pisky of the. Um, Are you talking about Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah. the greatest actor of our time. Okay. 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 The, the, the Kate that there's room on that um on that board for two. <laughs> that's, she that's... knew. She knew. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you got? What's, so... your, what's your most overhyped movie? <laughs> a, a, a bit of be the Rise of Skywalker. This you can tell that this is not the Oscars because uh, well they don't have this award for starters. But um, imagine yeah. that though, if like they had two <laughs> two like randoms come out and they basically jostled over and then they decided who's going to get it. Yeah. Amazing. I think that would be a, a new way of doing it. Um. Reality TV takes over. Um, most overhyped movie for me is Terminator Dark Fate. Oh. And the reason I consider it to be overhyped is because there was... And I'm a huge, I, want, I need to start by saying I'm a huge Terminator fan. And, I, and I've 
despite some of the, the things that have happened over the last few movies that not everyone's liked, I've always been a big fan of the overarching story. Mm -hmm. And so for me, because there was so much expectation around the fact that James Cameron was coming back, that Linda Hamilton was returning, um, and then they're saying, you know, forget about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, forget about Terminator Salvation, forget about Genesis, we're just going straight back to Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, and this takes place after Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. There's so much, like, you know, I think when you sort of say, disregard everything you've seen since, because, you know, and it was also very interesting because Schwarzenegger was... Um, part of those mm. and he's sort of in, in both both realities um and look and i i need to say that i did enjoy the movie um it it, it just didn't it didn't live up to the expectation of the hype it didn't live up to the measure of terminator 2 it bombed at the box office and the movie spent way too long trying to get past border control for me as well that was a really interesting part of the movie but i just felt like there was I don't know, you know how your Twitter timeline gets personalised based on your activity and your Instagram? Mm -hmm. I felt like I was seeing so many trailers, so many posters, so much hype, and I was just... And then, of course, I didn't get to see it at the cinema. Um, I can't remember why. What, what we, I think we were moving house, I don't know. And so I had to wait until it came on Blu-ray, and I was so excited. And I don't know, I, I enjoyed it, but it just didn't... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think I definitely agree with it. It was a movie where everything good about that movie was ruined in the trailer. And it was also further ruined yep. by the when you put the Blu-ray in. Oh, I'll try and borrow your copy. You're it's welcome. basically it, it instantly starts playing a, a sort of cut-down version of the trailer. Yeah. And before you even hit play, you've kind of seen all these great scenes again. So all of those great um, Terminator Two type moments yes. were already kind of like oh, I've seen that. Yeah. And I think um, I think you're right. Like I, I think they had kind of a, an idea of where they wanted to head. I just don't think they landed it. Um, and it, yeah. it's a it's a shame because, I you you could probably see in another few years actually ignore that one too we'll do another one yeah um, oh, but I can't be doing with that again I'm happy with two different universes existing look I think if you if you really want um, hardcore Terminator I think you go Terminator one Terminator two and then you go for the Sarah Connor Chronicles and that's that, that's your Terminator life I uh, see that's a, I enjoyed that series as well another so series another podcast idea I have I just want to come at you live on air is um series that were cut too soon oh yeah, uh, yeah. i've got so many of those that and i the, could talk about and there's so many series too like like the sarah connor chronicles where you can tell in their final few episodes like of season one i don't think we're going to make it to season two so yeah. they kind of do some wrap-up stuff and yeah. then like they have to kind of like retrofit that in season two but great idea we should definitely do that yeah um and just really really quickly on that subject of trailers and this you're right this trailer did ruin this movie because so much of the reveal was um, about Arnold's character. That's right. And so they're building up to it in the movie, and you already know what's going to happen because you've seen that scene in both the teaser and the full trailer. And I'm my, my, my worst own enemy with trailers because I know I shouldn't watch them, but I can't help myself, and I love it. So for and fruit. Look, so just to be clear, so we half measures podcast which is done four episodes we're going to send a certificate to james cameron and quentin tarantino to yeah. say hey hey guys your, <laughs> your movies are a bit overhyped yeah do yeah. better uh i'm not expecting a like or a follow maybe we maybe maybe it's just a verbal one for those guys yeah. we, we don't want to look we, we're too industry to start beef with anyone i think you're right and look i think on moving on to our next uh half measures Oscars, which is best movie that is probably really good, but we've never actually watched. Again, we probably shouldn't be sending mm. it to these people. Do you want to? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So there's, there's many a movie that I feel like I in this category is probably really good. Like I, I've heard really good things about the, the film Little Woman. I don't know if it's for me, yeah. but I hear constant rave reviews about it. Yes. But the one that I've actually put on my list is a movie I really want to see. I just ran out of time to see it, which is Knives Out, mm. which is a, a Ryan Johnson film. So really, I'm really interested to see, um, you know, something something different from him after coming from, um, I'm blanking on the stuff. Last Jedi. Last Jedi. We need to have a conversation. Uh, ever since the, the first few episodes where I got caught out with getting the titles wrong, I, I panic. I freeze. Yeah. I can't. I can't work like this. Just before you, just before you go too far, I'm just going to turn my phone so you can see. Oh yeah, great. So just, I've just confirmed with Dan that Knives Out is also my winner for uh, best movie. That's probably really good, look, but I haven't watched. It looks like an all all star cast. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's a great sort of like dark comedy to it. Yeah. Um, I've already heard they're doing Knives Out two. You're sequel. stealing all my material. This is great. Um, so yeah, look, um, I think it's one for me as soon as it's available to 
um, rent or stream or whatever, I, I think I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But it's yeah. So interesting that we both chose that because there's, there's so many movies out there. We both went to it. So, um, so yeah, I'm, look, just one of the best writer directors out there for me. Uh, I loved his movie Brick. I love Looper. Obviously, The Last Jedi. You talked about the cast. It's had great reviews. Mm. Um, the trailer is really intriguing without giving away too much. That's a good trailer, right? Mm. Um, and on a personal personal level, I have I have had a conversation with Ryan twice. Your friends, aren't you? Uh, I like to think if someone replies to you twice on Twitter and they've got the blue tick and they're a celebrity, if they've done it twice, that makes you friends, right? <clears throat> That's how I'm looking at it. So my friend Ryan, I feel really happy for him because this is his first movie since The Last Jedi and I'm so happy for it being a huge success both critically and at the box office after all the disproportionate criticism and I think unfair hatred and abusive manner in which that was given to him from certain corners of the Star Wars universe. I just feel really happy that he's come out and done something that's been really successful and like you say has had a, a second movie green note what I really appreciate you Paul is that you're a beacon of hope and empathy for all things in good and, and everything and I think particularly the Star Wars universe like no matter how terrible some of the scenes were on Canto Bite on Canto Bite like you, you're still there being like you know what Ryan you've done some good movies and even when you're listening to his other movies I was like God shouldn't I have that be on my list if I, I don't know. If I had godlike powers and I could control where you existed in like any, I would send you to Canto Bite for the rest of your life. Uh, fun. So, yeah, no, I, like I think I'm definitely a movie I'm looking forward to seeing. I've heard, I've heard so many great things about Daniel Craig and his, uh, yeah. his southern accent. Um, yes. That it's, yeah, it's meant to be world famous. So Christopher Plummer, Don Johnson, Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans, uh, that's right. No. Really, um, Tony Collette. Yeah. Uh, really, really strong looking cast. No, definitely. Shall we go into Best Actor? Let's, let's, let's crunch it up there. Okay, so for me, Best Actor... Don't know what I'm saying there. Um, best Actor for me is I'm going to go Joaquin Phoenix. So. Okay, me too. All right, straight up. Again, right. we're in agreement. I love that we're in agreement. It's so rare. And I think, again, you know, I've talked about this in, in other pods, is it could be a bit of a recency factor for me, but having just watched um, Joker for a, a second time, absolutely fantastic like he just embraces everything about that character he really makes you feel for him um as a as a person you empathize with him you feel sorry for him you see him go basically more crazy more more insane and i just think what like what a incredible like a role like that i think you've got to put your all into it and and he did and I think he, he deserves, for me, best actor. Just incredible. Every, everything you've just said, I, I second, and I guess the Academy does as well, because he, you know, he got the Oscar. Not just the Half Measures Oscar, he's got the actual Oscar. Mm-hmm. I don't know which of those, over time, he'll reflect on the most. But, um, look, really haunting performance, extraordinary. Um, and we have talked many times about who's our favourite Joker, and you know we have we have different lists, and we we include all of the Jokers. We include Mark Hamill's Joker. We we include Cesar Romero. That's know, right. So many and so many reasons about who, and it's just right up there. And it's just such a different portrayal of Joker. Mm. And there's mm. so much, so much uh, real life um, tragedy in that character's origin that he brings to life so well. And I remember seeing the very first poster and hearing the news about him being cast. And I just remember thinking, I don't know. I don't know if he's right. I can't. Is he the joke? I, cu- I couldn't quite picture it at this time. And so I was blown away by Look, his performance. Uh, and I think this, this happens with all of these, um, particularly in the, the superhero genre. Like, you know, no one wanted Christian Bale as Batman. No mm. one wanted Heath Ledger as the Joker. Mm. Um, no one wanted um, Ben Affleck as, as Batman. And, and these people, like, you know, step down from these roles. And there's a huge outcry of, like, bring back Ben Affleck as Batman. And... Um, now we've got um, Robert Patterson as, and, yeah. and I, I feel like really what it's taught me is actually let's just wait and see like it, it's yeah, probably going to be really good that's right and sometimes you think something looks great based on a trailer and it turns out to be Suicide Squad and you just end up wondering how did that happen or Terminator or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Walking Dead Season 10 Part 2 yeah yeah, oh, no, look, I think um, look, the great news for Joaquin is he's not going to have to share his certificate he's going to get one certificate it'll still be double-sided because mm-hmm. he's won it twice from mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. but 
no need to share, no need to work out a, a roster or a rotation for sharing that round with anyone. Great job. Well done. Well done. Uh, the best actress, uh, half measure Oscar, I will, um, I'll buy you lunch tomorrow if, if yours is the same as mine. I, I'm absolutely certain it won't be. Let's hear yours. Oh, ours are definitely not going to be the same because I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this movie. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like that was also a, like a cheap way of you not buying me lunch. <laughs> so, okay, so going back to my my point earlier, I um, the person I've given best actress to was actually nominated for best supporting actress, but I'm I'm taking it a, a step further. So I'm going with Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. Okay, and I haven't seen the movie right. <clears throat> so. I think it's a little bit grey for me. She's definitely the the, the lead female actress, mm-hmm. um, even though she was nominated and best supporting. But I think the the role that she played in that movie again, absolutely incredible. Played this loving mother, um, living in Nazi Germany with all of the having a, a young child and all of the the issues and things that come about because of that. And I think when I think of Scarlett Johansson, quite traditionally in you know the Avengers, mm. or kind of in more of those the superhero type movies. I know she she's obviously got quite a bit of range. Yeah, she's got uh, recently did um Marriage Story with Adam Driver, which is meant to be really good on Netflix. Um, but I I just thought she absolutely nailed this role, mm. and you um really felt for her as a as a character. Um, like I it's hard to talk about without going into spoilers, but for yeah. me, a hundred percent when I think um best lead actress Scarlett Johansson. Great. It's another one of those movies I keep hearing positive things about. So this is yet another reason why we want to watch it. Not just because Tiger got his Oscar, but I love, I love the trailer. Mm. Um, Stephen Merchant is a favorite favorite of mine, and he looks great in this movie. Um, so Scarlett, I haven't watched many of the uh, the Marvel movies. Not as many as perhaps I should have as a as a claimed sort of comic book fan. Um, but the stuff I have seen her and she's always been really impressive so um, it doesn't surprise me that you know she's got the nomination there mm. um, so yeah another reason to watch that movie for me in fact I, I kind of thought that movie might like Jojo Rabbit might have been on your list for a movie that is probably good but you haven't watched it it was one of the considerations mm. yeah mm. that was actually the hardest category of all in terms of I had so much to choose from yeah, there were some right. categories where yeah. I was struggling whereas the what have I not seen that's why I thought it was so interesting that we mm. both came out with Knives Out mm. Um, what about you? How'd you go for uh, this? This best actress role uh, goes to someone who is in a movie which I just sat here and talked negatively about. The Oscar, Half Measures Oscar for best actress in a leading role goes to Linda Hamilton in Terminator Dark Fate. As Are you Connor. insane? No, I am. I, I'm going to explain myself here. I look. I- I don't believe you need to have... Is this the appropriate place to advertise like a vacancy on the Half Measures podcast or...? I would rather see that go online, first of all, so I can see the salary that's associated with it. Jesus Christ. Um, honestly, I, and this is, this is where I differ from the Academy, uh, I don't believe you need to have a good director or a good script to necessarily warrant an actor or an actress winning the, the I think because right, right. they can you know if you put yourself in the, the actress or actor's shoes they can only do what's in front of them mm-hmm. with the script that's in front of them how it's filmed that's out of their control all they can control is their performance of that character and so for me Terminator 2 was a I don't want the word, like a watershed it was a moment for me just where I was just like I, I love this franchise this was the first since like Batman and Star Wars I was like okay I love this this franchise and it it was just a you know there was so much disappointment when Terminator 3 came out that she wasn't cast uh, and that that they didn't go down the James Cameron path and we Mm -hmm. had these other movies which I do enjoy but having her um, return despite what I've just talked about it being overhyped return to the franchise for the first time in nearly 30 years um, I didn't think she hadn't lost a step in that whole time she looks just as comfortable with a bazooka on her shoulder from the instant she got out of that truck um, just as much as she does exploring all of that pain that is so inherent with the Sarah Connor character, I felt like <coughs> her, her rage, just that that raw emotion, is something that was perhaps missing from the third, fourth, and fifth movies that came out. And I, I just feel like it's a reminder for us all that she has always been an exciting movie star and perhaps someone who deserved 
a long A-list career and never, mm-hmm. never maybe she didn't choose to I, I'm not sure what the reasons are around that but I just thought to come back in at that age and to, to give that kind of portrayal um, everything else aside I just thought I think you to give you a bit of support like I, I think you're right like there's a moment when she when she pulls up in the jeep and gets out of it and she's got all like, the weapons and stuff and I, I, I remember thinking the same thing myself that she looks like she's just stepped out of Terminator 2 and she's yeah. gone back into Terminator 3. The sunglasses and everything. You wouldn't think there's been a, what, a 20-year gap or whatever it is between right. that last movie. So, interesting choice. Yeah, definitely not, you know. I actually thought that you might have gone for Carrie Fisher, to be honest. Do you know what it came up and I thought about what we talked about in the Rise of Skywalker part in episode 2 and I just thought, it was, she, she filmed those scenes obviously for Force Awakens mm-hmm. and it didn't feel right toward them, particularly since we said that some of those scenes felt so disjointed that's within right, that script, right. because I thought those performances in those scenes were really strong, mm. um, and I did consider her, I did consider Daisy Ridley, there was a number of different um, actresses I considered, but um, I think this is, again, that, that I'm such a positive guy, because I I knew I'd slated Terminator, and it, it cuts me deep to do that. So you've got to lift it back up. I've got to lift it back up somewhere. You're like the um, the justice scales where they've always got to be balanced. That's right. I'm the I'm like Anakin. I bring balance to the force. I bring balance to the universe. You're gonna snap one day. It's not. Yeah, that's the thing you need yeah. to work, watch out for. Yeah, I'm Anakin. I'm a person. Yeah, don't under you underestimate me. Yeah, yeah. You hate sand. It gets everywhere. Um, so we still have our surprise hit to go. We still have our best director, and we still have best picture. Best picture. So what mm. do you want to go for? Um, shall we go with, I, I feel like we're in the traditional realm, so shall we, shall we stick with that and okay. maybe, maybe end with Surprise Hit? Okay, good. So, shall we go, um, Best Director? Nice, here we go. Alright, so Best Director for me is going to be Sam Mendes in 1917. Okay. So, um, have you seen 1917? I have not, it's a, another one of my, I've heard it's great, but I haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, so, so, again, without going deep into spoilers, it's basically filmed like, like a a big super cut of like it all happens in kind of one scene obviously it's not done like that but it's filmed to look like basically orders are given to a young soldier and you basically follow him throughout the entire experience um and just the the way it was produced the um you really get the sense that you're you're in a world war one um trench warfare right. like it's terrifying it's scary there's a whole bunch of stuff happening you there's constantly um chaos and risk and threats all around you and look i just think what a awesome way to tell tell a story mm. from a, a unique perspective and often when when we sort of see bigger budget war films they're they're, they're big explosions there's there's it's like big major characters, but this was a this was just a couple of everyday everyday guys sent on a mission, um, and just seeing what they go through, absolutely incredible. Really, I think again, I'm probably overusing this word um, in this podcast, but drives just a lot of um, emotion and empathy and heart for like what actual soldiers went through, particularly in, in like World War One, World War Two, and just how horrible those those living working yeah. conditions were. Um, and look, it's a it's a movie I can't wait to watch again, but it's also a movie that, if you've got a chance to see it at the cinema, I think is a great big screen experience. Yeah, I, I wondered if it might be a, one of those ones that you really want to see on the big screen. Like, mm. I always remember Saving Private Ryan felt like that in that respect as well. So, um, yeah, I, 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 unfortunately I can't join in with any sort of commentary because I haven't seen it, but um, Sam Mendes as a director has always impressed me. His outing is the, in charge of the Bond movie, fantastic. So... Um, and again, I've heard so many great things about it. Um, and yeah, Dan Whiting bringing the emotion and the empathy once again. Once again. It's amazing. How about yourself, best director? Uh, best director for me goes to uh, Tim Miller for Terminator Death. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just wanted to see your face. I can't, I can't work like this. No, it's, I'm it's, joking, it's I'm not joking. professional. Again, I love it. They did that at the Oscars once, didn't they? They, they, they got yeah, the, yeah, the so. wrong, so that's my little tribute yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Moonlight Warren, Warren and... Beatty. Um, was it Warren Beatty? It was quite recently in Moonlight and the dancing one. <laughs> I forget. This is really good. It's quality. We can remember everything. Uh, no, best director for me goes to... And you'll love this, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is going to be really embarrassing when we send him a certificate for the most overhyped movie and best director. We're going to look like a couple of idiots. Yeah, I feel like 
the balance here again i love the way we're balancing each other out um and look i also feel like because when we decided on the 10 uh, um, half measures oscars that we were going to give out and i know we put a lot of thought into that um if we had had a uh, one for screenplay i would have also um, potentially have given him for that as well so taking into account what you said about the the overhyped and sort of you know I, this is for me is just something about it it never figured in um my best picture um consideration i really love the movie but it, it it's not at that level but as a director um there's just something about this movie that um i feel has again in contrast to you so much rewatch value i just feel like there's a style that Tarantino has that's so unmistakably his and yet it's hard to describe in words it, the movie feels so much 1969 so much of that for me is about the direction um it's there's just a style about it that just um you know and I know he's reused some of those those techniques in, in previous movies such as particularly Death Proof and Kill Bill but I really felt that um, whilst it's not a, a number one movie for me, it's a standout in terms of the tension. And I feel that that tension uh, comes around in the way Tarantino directs a scene. So if you think about when Brad Pitt's character is going into um, the, you know, the, mm. the whole um, village and just the, the tension of that scene, I just feel like... And of course, the, the finale, just spectacular. It's funny, I think when... I, I don't dispute... Quentin Tarantino getting an Oscar and I think you know like actually if you give it like I'm glad that he's got an Oscar yeah um and so like for what movie like I don't know maybe it's not not as important but I think it's really cool to see someone like Quentin Tarantino get an Oscar because I feel like he's someone who could easily be overlooked in that um in that for the Oscars in that sort of genre yeah so no interesting choice we're, we're out of sync but we're, I love how we're in sync some places and not in others. Look, I think you bring up a, a good argument. I think it's a it's a movie that obviously a lot of people like, um, and a movie that others maybe not quite for them. But yeah, that's the joy of movies. We kind of like the same thing. In the context of all of Tarantino's movies, I don't rate it as highly. Yes, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. what you were. I, I think yeah, to. you're right. Like I'm, I'm really thinking about movies like Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction, and yeah, uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? So the Django and yeah, uh, and I, I just like, want to. See, I, I guess watching Once Upon a Time Hollywood just quickly makes me want to go and re-watch those other Tarantino movies because despite it not being quite as satisfying as some of the others, it just that director's skill and the feel combined with the music and all the other things we talked about. We should um, rank the, current, the Tarantino movies in a, in a future pod. I love it. There's another pod idea. Yeah. Can you tell our admin person when you go out the front? I will as right. soon as we get... Yeah. An admin person. Yeah, I'll, okay. do it, I'll do it on my train home. Um, okay. Best, best picture. Um, this is a movie, look, we've already um, talked about quite a bit. Um, obviously, it's going to be Cats for me. Cats with Taylor Swift is a, it's a great choice. I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, so I think I was really torn here between much like, um, I guess... If it's Terminator Death, I <laughs> <laughs> I, I was torn between Parasite and Joker okay. and I've actually gone Joker because I think overall again everything that we've already said about Joker the soundtrack I think the acting I think including and the directing the whole thing is a total package absolutely amazing yeah um, so much rewatchability I look forward to watching it again um, probably in a few months time and look it's just a it's a fantastic movie I'm very nervous for all this talk about doing a, a Joker two, I kind mm. of like it as a as, as a is, as a bookended story, yeah. and I like the the notion that this is the Joker that spawns future Jokers, and I I worry that a Joker two might muddy those waters. But yeah. in saying that, that might surprise me. But for see, me, best picture. I see so many articles about how a Joker two with Batman might work come mm. up all over the place, and I, I refuse to click on them because um. So I'm just showing you my phone. Joker is best picture for me as well, so we're in sync again here. Um, such a different take on that comic book movie right. character. The best origin story movie I've ever I've ever seen for a character, and a character that we think we already know, um, and yet the character themselves already has so many different origin stories from the various incarnations throughout the years, and this one came about um, in, a, in a manner that I just didn't expect. Particularly in a, in a time, I think, when... Um, DC 
is obviously trying to go a little bit lighter with their movies mm. so that they're more in sync with the Marvel Universe. Exactly. And, and here's actually a case where, actually, no, this isn't about syncing up our Joker with our Wonder Woman and our Aquaman and our whoever else. That's right. This is purely a, a standalone movie. And that's, that's my favourite thing about it. Like, take away all, the, all of the other the Batman or superhero noise and it's still a fantastic movie. This, this is exactly what I was about to say. So I've, I've actually sort of said here... it. it it didn't have to be a story about a guy who turned out to be the Joker. It could turn out to be... It could just be a story about a guy living in this horrible world who's going through these things, and um, it just so happens the fact that it is within a DC movie that, to be honest, I think it's come up on my radar quicker than if it hadn't been the Joker. Mm. This story could have been about a guy who's going through all these things. He didn't have to be the Joker. He could have just dressed up as a clown and they never called him the Joker. Um, and, um, yeah, so... There's so many moments that came together, you've already touched on it, the music, the editing, the cinematography, all of those things that gave it that look and feel of this dark, horrible place. Um, it's, it's For me, it's not a comic book movie, it's a, it's a character drama um, that is more about real-world troubles than, well, than it is about someone wearing a cape and being chased by a guy who's got wonderful toys. And know? again, even though it's a movie that's like clearly set, um, not in current day, it actually reflects so many current day issues, and mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what really even boosts this movie up even further. Even yeah. further. When you talk about reducing, like, we're going to get too serious now, but reducing funding to social, social services, how we treat people... Um, with um, mental health issues, yeah. how some of these things are portrayed by society, and it's it's so real and it's so relevant for today. It just has so much so much extra meaning. Hundred percent agree. Fantastic movie, and I just want to rewatch it right now. How I feel. A lot of awards going to the Joker. Well done. Well done, Joker. So we've got one more category. The Half Measures Oscar for Surprise Hit. Mm, mm. I wonder if we'll be in sync here as well. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. I. I may be playing the game because I feel like I know what one you're going for. Okay. And so I thought I'd go for something different. How do you know? You got the force or something? What's... Look, I know. I know something. I've got some connections. I'm going to change my mind on the fly now just to, to shock you. So um, the movie for me that was a surprise hit is called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. And, I've heard about this. And so, yeah, so in a nutshell, basically a movie about a... Uh, a young man who wants to become a wrestler. He kind of run, runs away from the, the home he's he's living in. He's got Shalala both. Shalala. I can never say his name. Shalala. Whatever. Fan, like another act, you know, a little bit like Viking Phoenix, who's kind of like disappeared in mm. and out of the um, Hollywood circle. And I, look, I just, I love this movie. I thought it was a great feel good movie. It had like an interesting subject matter. Um, I actually watched it on a plane, and I, I just okay. really, yeah, like I really enjoyed it, and I think it's a movie which, I, I don't know, like I probably didn't have a huge marketing budget, but just hear a lot of positive things about it, um, kind of caught me out of nowhere, wasn't expecting it, had no expectations going in, Peanut Butter Falcon, which may be one of the reasons why you watched it on a plane. That's Correct. kind of how I operate on a plane. That's I'm always right. like, I, I wouldn't choose to watch this movie, but I'm stuck inside this metal tube for like eight hours, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. Okay, this is a whole other episode, but it gives me a form of anxiety when people start watching big blockbusters on a plane. What are you doing? And knowing that they haven't seen it before. Why would you? Unless, yeah, I mean, unless you missed it at the movies yeah, and you right. don't have a TV at home. That's right. I met someone the other day who doesn't have a TV at home, and they say they just watch stuff on the laptop, and I, I, I had to walk away. Not I had us. to walk away. Not our people, Paul. So, Dan, go on. I want you to predict what is the Half Measure's best Oscar surprise hit for me. I think you're going to go for Uncut Gems. You are 100% correct. Okay, so... I so think you'll buy re- me lunch, or...? No, no. Funnily enough, uh, not... No. Uh, this is because I think, you know, you recommended this to me, and I was like, this is an Adam Sandler movie. I'm not really an Adam Sandler fan, per se. Like, he has made some very funny movies. He's also made some horrific movies, and you just don't know what you're going to get. But... Um, this is something else altogether. It really is. It's. Um, do you know what? I was actually really close to giving him the Half Measures Oscar for Best Actor. Look, I, I gave the same consideration. I think I the, the work that away. he did in this film, absolutely incredible. Really and good, I, eh? Yeah. There's, um, you know, if we, if we had all the time in the world, there's a lot of, I think, movies that would have been great to have like nominations for to actually just show the, the, the depth and the quality of, of some of the movies out there. Really, a relentless movie. Um, Anxiety-inducing. Oh, look! It just—it wouldn't allow you to relax. It really tired me out watching it, and yeah. I just felt 
kept hoping that there was going to be a moment of calm where I could just take stock of, of what had happened and try and work out how he could get ahead and solve his problems. And it never comes and it just keeps, you know, keeps going and keeps going and it just get, it gets into more and more trouble. And then that scene with the bet and you're watching the live scene on the TV. Sorry for spoilers, guys, but... Um, yeah, look, that, I, it's a movie that if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, again, um, really accessible. I, and then just when you get to the end and you think you've crossed the finish line, you think this is the final scene, there's that, you know, and you think it's going to fade into the credits and, you you know, you're going to get some sort of closure. Then there's this other moment and then it goes on again. And it's like, and I, I'm just sat there in shock. I was sat there feeling angry. I felt sad. And the, the thing is, is that as soon as I finished watching the movie, I just felt like I needed to talk to someone about it. I, I, I had the exact same emotion, and I think it's a movie where... And that's always a good sign. Everything you think you know about Adam Sandler, you know nothing. Yeah. And because, you know, much like you, like, I was a fan of some of his, like, early work, and then over the last few years, it's been a little bit all over the place. Yeah. And I just think this role was so perfectly classed in such a, a different movie. Um, but highly recommend it. We could, we could probably do a whole episode about this movie yeah. and, and what it's all about, but I think it's a... Another movie that if you're looking for something to watch... Oh, literally, I would say, of all the movies we've talked about, if there's someone out there in Italy or the UK listening, yeah, think, thinking, what should I go and watch that these two idiots have told me about, I would say go watch Uncut Gems. Um, and you'd obviously... You'd, you'd Peanut pay. Butter Falcon. Yeah. And look, you know, there's, there's movies, I think, which we haven't talked about today, which equally deserve to be on the list. Like, uh, Parasite for me absolutely amazing movie the fact that it's in subtitles another sort of um real intense um drama thriller right i i just couldn't find the right category i wanted to put it in and i couldn't like what it the category that it probably most fit into me like it could go best director could go best actor um but i just i couldn't fit it in but again such a great movie and i i think i think it's awesome that a um a film from south korea one one won an Oscar I, think I that, do too that, I think awesome. that's fantastic so, and I think President Trump feels the same way I believe he made some remarks yesterday <laughs> about how you know he thought it was a, a great achievement or something like that that's maybe it was the complete opposite um, look it's interesting you bring up that whole I couldn't find a category for this movie because I had a similar and the movie I had it with um, again was never likely to win any real Oscars but I thought was just fantastic it was El Camino the Breaking Bad movie mm. so much about that movie that I love but again when I compared it into each of the categories we had, um, I just didn't think it quite cut the mustard, even though it would make my top top movies of the year, um, just because I, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, universe. look, I, I consider the same thing. Some, some great acting in there. Yeah. Um, but again, I just couldn't quite fit it into the categories. It was, even though um, 10 categories feels quite easy, and there's some categories it was easier to find something for, there's a lot of categories that were just tough. There's a lot of people out there listening who are, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out there listening, but they're probably judging us in terms of what we've chosen. But when you actually come down to choosing it, it's harder than you expect. Um, it's almost as hard as choosing your top 10 TV shows for the year. You know, when you actually have to say, okay, this is it, this is all you can have. Well, look, you know, we've been talking about an episode that we'll probably do in the, in the near future. You know, what, what are 10 movies that define you? Yes. And I think, I think that's going to be a really tough choice as well. So that'll be probably a, an episode in the, in the near future. I imagine Terminator Dark Fate will also feature on that list, right? As would Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good. I'm glad we see eye to eye. So um, that's that's probably about us for this episode of, of Half Measures. Um, one thing that I'd really like to, I guess, you know, ask all of our subscribers to do is leave us leave us a review on iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. really helps us out. helps us in the algorithm. You're helps assuming they're going to give a positive review. That's the only way you give a review, right? Is that if right? If it's negative, keep it to yourself. Yeah, that's right. So tell us, tell us what we want to hear, not what you really think. That's right. Yeah. Just, just help lift us up. Like, take a leaf out of Paul's Paul's book and put put some good into the world. Put some light into the world. Bring us that positivity. That's right. Five star us on whatever platform it is you listen to. That's right. It's the only way we're going to get out to all of those poor coronavirus victims who are just waiting. Um, for the right medical attention. Not, not, that nothing bad is going to happen to the, them. That's the second time you've talked about the virus. I, I can't believe it. Well, there's something else I was going to bring up in this episode, and I'm really regretting that I, I'm going to have to bring it up. So a movie I was going to bring up, because it's important to me that I make a Fast and the Furious reference on every episode. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Is I was going to bring up Hobson Shaw as a, as a surprise hit movie, and I thought, no, nah, I can't do it. Unbelievable. But, I, I, I'm going to walk home now. 
as I angry am. It's been a pleasure, Dan. So you, you don't want to do an episode rating the Fast and the Furious movies? Uh, that would require me to have seen more than the first. The first is the best one, so... Okay, that's it. I'll put that as my number one, and the rest... Uh, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. No. Wow. Wow. Is Paul Walker still doing them? <coughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too Sorry. soon. R.I.P. Um, <coughs> okay. So... Thanks very much for listening, guys. And we will see you in the two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, yeah. Check us out on all the channels. If you've got anything that you want us to talk about, you want to contribute your um, what your half measures Oscar nominations might be, reach out to us on Twitter, on the Instagram. We're there. But we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Bye.